Hello, my name is Daniel Fernandes and this is Connected, the podcast of Nova Economics Club. This is the third installment of our bonus series on the research projects our club members developed last semester. Today, we will talk about the paper Evolution of Covid Impact, a case of comparison of Portugal, Sweden, Germany and Italy, co-authored by Francisco Pereira and Margarida Caruso, who are our guests today. We highly advise you to take a read of the paper at the Nova Economics Club website. Francisco, Margarida, welcome. Jumping right to our first question, what was your main goal with this research project? Yes, thank you. First, I want to thank uh, the podcast group for having us here today, and thank you, Danielle. Uh, basically, the goal of this project was to evaluate the trade-off between public health and economic well-being uh, during the first wave of the coronavirus in the Europe area. In other words, develop a better understanding of the effects of certain measures, such as the lockdown, closing schools, prohibiting circulation, um, both in public health and in an economic level as well. To do so, we compared four uh, countries in Europe, Italy, Portugal, Germany, and Sweden, And together we studied the different policies and measures adopted in each country and compared the behavior of major economic indicators. Okay, thank you very much. Um, in your opinion, what was the most challenging part of developing this research project? Um, well, first of all, thank you for the, the invite and the opportunity. Uh, I would say that... Uh, There's uh, three main problems. Uh, the first one being that um, when we're, we when we are addressing such a general and um, new event such as the COVID pandemic, uh, there's always the trouble of being um, uh, of losing yourself in the research project, which is, as Margarida said, measuring both the economic and the health impact. Such uh, since these are such general topics there's a, a problem in the depth of our analysis which which we try to keep at a reasonable level the second problem is that there's a, a big interdependence between the all the variables which we are studying which sometimes the real problem of the covid pandemic is very non-linear so uh, both the economic and the health impact are constantly in interaction with itself. But when we're writing a research project, there's got to be a sort of linear uh, cadence to it, which might not be representative of the real problem. So we had a problem also addressing that. And thirdly, that when we are measuring a thing such as economic policy, the economic policy is very... Um, It's, it's very there's a strong relationship with the country's economy and so sometimes it's difficult to create a framework of comparison which allow us allows us to compare for example the economic policy that the german government created for the recovery of its economy but at the same time compare it with the portuguese plan which might be addressing a set of problems which are completely different So I thought that those were the three main uh, uh, difficulties we encountered. Okay, thank you for your answer, Francisco. Uh, so, in your opinion, what were the most important results of the research project? 
Yes, so we found that the countries that acted the fastest and implemented the strictest measures, such as the lockdown, closing schools, and imposing work from home, these were the countries that showed the greatest positive impact on public health, while these were also the countries that showed the greatest fall in economy. And what's interesting is Sweden's approach for its more voluntary nature. That is, Sweden rather recommended its people to stay home. It did close schools, but it never actually imposed a full lockdown. And this is crucial, especially when comparing to the other countries, we see that Sweden's economy was not hit so hard because Sweden never went into an actual lockdown. That is, restaurants didn't have to close uh, and other companies weren't forced to close. It was just recommended to work from home, recommended to stay home and also recommended people to not gather more than 50 people. And these recommendations that were more relaxed in comparison to the other countries that we studied, we see this reflection in the economy. And that is an interesting find in our paper. Yeah, I could just add that more specifically, uh, like um, Margarita was saying, there was always this trade-off between the, the quality of your health response to the COVID crisis, but then the economic uh, uh, impact that it had, usually lockdowns, imposed uh, huge restrictions on consumption and uh, business closures, which led to a huge strain on the economy. But it's interesting to note that, uh, for example, in the first wave, um, while Sweden didn't impose such uh, or didn't impose lockdowns, they didn't create uh, a specific response uh, for the problem of employment because since they thought we weren't uh, imposing business closures, we weren't restricting uh, consumption, they didn't have to do a sort of simplified layoff in the same way that countries like Portugal and Italy implemented. And then when we saw when we studied uh, how the loss of consumption and the loss of employment occurred in each country, we saw that uh, Portugal had been successful in maintaining a level of employment stable because of the simplified layoffs, and Sweden had actually lost, lost a bit more employment than some other countries, and uh, especially in uh, what we call the short-term contracts or more precarious work. So even though the, the, their GDP impact and their uh, variation in consumption wasn't as severe as any other countries, there were aspects, especially in their economic response, that uh, still were a bit uh, dodgy in terms of uh, uh, the economic response. And I thought that was quite interesting too. Thank you for your answer. Um, so you specified the political and economic uh, policies of Sweden and Portugal. Uh, what were the policies of Germany and Italy? Well, Germany was, a, uh, in the first wave, was a sort of success case. So they acted pretty quickly in terms of their uh, health uh, lockdown policy. They implemented school closures quite quickly, and then they did a national lockdown uh, similar to the case of uh, Italy and Portugal. Um, in terms of uh, economic measures, they also implemented robust uh, employment protection or job protection. Uh, they tried to maintain a level of uh, consumption stable, um, increased uh, public investment, increased uh, the social, the robustness of the social state by increasing subsidies, uh, credit lines to companies who were 
having difficulties with the COVID impact. And so they had a very robust answer economically uh, because they needed, because they also had a very robust answer in terms of health policy. So they imposed strict restrictions and, and they could do uh, they could do so because uh, their budgetary uh, constraints in terms of deficit were uh, very small. They had enjoyed the superavit for the past couple of years. And um, in terms of the, the, their debt to GDP ratio uh, was also quite stable. So they had the breathing space to impose uh, the different policies that they wished. Yes, and I'm going to talk a bit about Italy which we know was the first uh, Western country to be hit hardest by the COVID virus. And it was actually quickly became the epicenter of the virus, especially during the first wave. As we all know, we watched uh, the situation unfold in Italy. All of the countries in Europe and around the world were watching the situation. It quickly got really bad. It registered in Italy. The first registered case was January 31st and the 100th case was then registered on February 23rd. And uh, everything started spreading very quickly, quickly turned to chaos. So they didn't have another option but to start a lockdown uh, immediately imposed on the 9th of March, schools closing. And this served as an example to the rest of Europe as well as the rest of the world. Um, and we see that Italy did impose really strict restrictions and this, they really didn't have another choice. Things were getting bad very quickly. And when it comes to healthcare, similar to Portugal, uh, they uh, didn't have much of the resources. The hospitals weren't used to such crazy numbers of outbreaks. So it was uh, what do I say, critical that such lockdowns were imposed and we see stricter restrictions in Italy. Um, okay, thank you. For our last question, I would like to ask uh, how was the robustness of the economic and health sectors, sectors of each country and how did that translate into the response of the pandemic and what can we learn from that? So maybe I can, I can start. Uh, I think the main division, it's not a perfect division, but we can kind of separate Germany and Sweden on the one side and Portugal and Italy on the other because they have similar uh, aspects to them. So Germany and Sweden already enjoyed uh, robust uh, health systems, national health systems. They had about 11.2% in GDP expenditure, uh, Sweden also 11%, a lot of it public. Uh, in terms of uh, um, bad uh, uh, nurses, uh, doctors, they had uh, above average numbers and um, their economy had already a big, robust social state. Uh, job unemployment uh, uh, subsidies were quite large and quite easy to access. There was already a lot of uh, public investment being made. And so when the crisis hit, also in terms of their restrictions, budgetary restrictions, which a lot of the countries in the South uh, were very constrained by, these countries in the North, had a lot more breathing space because their GDP to debt ratio were a lot uh, lower. And so, uh, when the crisis hit, they didn't need to overhaul their social uh, welfare system that much because it was already present, it was already 
easily accessible. Of course, it wasn't ready for the number and the impact that this crisis brought, but they did an expansion. The infrastructure was already there, and they just needed to expand and prepare for it. Uh, Sweden needed a, a, a little different response because, of course, their lockdown policy was quite different. But uh, the point being made is that the fact that they already had uh, quite robust spending in healthcare uh, helped them when they needed to expand their operations during the crisis. Yeah, so now. Uh, so it's not about. Yeah, you can. It's it's not it, it was just not about the the fact that it, they acted quickly. It's the fact that they already had the resources put in place from previous years that they just had to mobilize them and expand them a little. And what's interesting to see, uh, and what's interesting to see in Portugal and Italy is a bit of the opposite, as their their health systems, of course, were not as robust and ready for such crazy numbers as I explained in Italy before. And uh, looking at data pre-COVID, Italy is the country out of the four that we studied with also similar to Portugal with the largest population above 65 years. And this is crucial when talking about the COVID virus, especially during the first wave, which was most prominent in elderly people. And when it comes to healthcare, Italy presents the smallest healthcare expenditure, similar to Portugal, which didn't usually spend as much on healthcare. What is interesting to note is that the Portuguese government uh, is the one that is covering the least part of these healthcare expenditures, which can be explained by the fact that although uh, being universal and mainly financed by taxation, the Portugal national healthcare system requires still a lot of out-of-pocket uh, money. And this is shows how pre-COVID um, both of these countries were not as well prepared as Germany and Sweden perhaps were. And also what is interesting to note is Portugal uh, being a country greatly dependent on the tourism sector and the COVID virus, of course, impeding travel and imposing these lockdowns was caused a major hit in this tourism sector. So we see that this fall in the Portuguese GDP is a lot reflected by this decrease in tourism, which has been uh, very difficult for Portugal as well as in Italy. And it is interesting to see these similarities between Portugal and Italy and the contrasting differences in Germany and Sweden. So, Francisco, Margarida, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's wrap the episode. Uh, thank you very much for joining us at home too. Uh, and uh, I advise you to see our next um, installment of this bonus series. Thank you.